Amen. Well, we are in the book of Judges, so as uh, you're opening up your Bibles, you can open them to Judges chapter 4. And as we are in Judges chapter 4, you know, it's awesome just to see how God uses uh, His people, how God chooses His people, and He knows who to choose and, and how to work in and through each and every one of them. You know, today is a it's a good day. It's, a, it's an awesome day. And the reason I say this is because, you know what, I'm given an opportunity today just to, to, focus, to focus on a great woman of the Bible. The last time we dedicated a study to a woman of the Bible was with Rahab. And for those of you that have been with us as we, we, uh, we entered the book of Joshua and and uh, we saw how the ten spy, the spies were sent into Jericho, and we and we know that they came to uh, to uh, to Jericho, and they found this woman Rahab the harlot, and and we know that God used this woman powerfully to save the people as he as he hit as she hit the spies, and then she as uh, as the uh, the people of Jericho, the the soldiers came trying to look for them as they heard that that the Jews had come in, that the Israelites were there. And so she hid them, and, and she saved them. And so as she, as she did this, they were able to go back and, and to report all that happened and all that they saw, and, and they were all inspired. And so we know that, that Rahab was, was just an amazing woman of God. And as we see here today, as we're going to go to Judges now, and we're going we're to talk about Deborah, the amazing Deborah. And so... You know, as we don't usually have always the opportunity to, to talk about women as, as, we, as we do men, because there's always stories and events about men, and, and usually women, there's not as many, so that's why it's, it's actually pleasurable. It's different for me to, to be up here and to share with you about this woman. The women of the Bible who God used greatly, they should always be an inspiration for all of you women. Because, see, the way God used them is the way that God can use you. We are no different, right? The women of the Bible are no different than you women. And just like men, you know, we're able to just pick and choose. We're able to pick and choose the men that inspire us, that encourage us as we align our lives with theirs. And we say, you know what, I could see myself like this man. And, and I, you know what, I can aspire to be like him the way he was surrendered to the Lord. Well, the same thing is for you women as you look at these women of the Bible and, and we go through these women of the Bible and we talk about them. It's really just to inspire us, right? As God used them, God can use all of you. So today, it's all about girl power. I'm kidding. It's about God's power, okay? It's all about God's power. God's power that is shown through these women, through these women that surrender themselves to the Lord. I'm going to read to you from Galatians 3, verse 28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. As he says, we are all one and, under the, uh, and the same under Christ. We are all one and the same under Christ. Whether you're male or female, whether you're free or slave, whether you're a Jew or a non-Jew, we are all one and the same under Christ. You know, when we look at who Christ uses, who God uses, right? God can choose to use anybody, right? God can choose to use anyone. 
But who does he look for to use? Okay, I should say, let me rephrase that. Who does he look for to, to, to allow himself to be used through these people? See, God looks for people that are available to him, right? God uses people that are loyal to him. And this is what we see here. We see here really a woman that, that decides to give her whole life to him, right? She's wholly surrendered to the Lord. And we're going to see this as we look and examine her life. But I want to share this with you, that as I look at Deborah, as I look at this woman, you know, she is not the only great woman, and it's not only Rahab that is also a great woman that God used. I mean, there are several women that, women that God has used. And so I just don't want us to think that these are the only two, because there's many others. When we look at Sarah, right, the, the mother of the Israelites, right? She was married to Abraham, another great woman of God. And, you know, as we look at Queen Esther, right, we, we're going to come to her soon. We're going to come to this book. And, and she was another woman that was used by God to save the Jewish people, to save the Israelites. You know, as we think about other women, you think about Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi, you know, the daughter-in-law of Naomi that, that proved her faithfulness to not only to the God, to Ruth, but also to the God that she served, which is, which is our God. And as we think of other women in the New Testament, you look at Mary, the mother of God. You know, how powerfully was she used as, as God commended her as, a, as just a, a woman that was just completely sold out for him and, and for his purpose. You know, we look at Mary Magdalene, right, the woman that was possessed by seven demons, and how Jesus re, uh, uh, delivered her from, from these. And so we know that she was also used greatly by the Lord. And we have Priscilla, the wife of Achilla, who worked side by side with Paul and the other church. And, and so as we think about this, we can go on and on with women in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that God used powerfully. You know, last week we were in Judges chapter 3. And we saw how God used those that he wanted to use, right? Those that were made available to him. You know, we, we looked at how he just used people and he used men, right? And, and today we know that it doesn't matter the gender. We know that he used somebody that was disabled. We know that God doesn't look at color or skin. He just looks at the heart and looks at who is available, who wants to be used by him. You know, as we go through chapter 4, one thing that we're going to see in chapter 4 is, is we're going to just see the key points of Deborah's life. And we're going to look at these points, right, just to, to see how, how, God, how, how, how God uses this woman. But as he gives us the points about Deborah, really we're revealed or we're shown the character of Deborah, the woman that she was and how God used her powerfully. And so with this, let's go ahead and read chapter 4, and then we're just going to do the systematic teaching. We're just going to go verse by verse and, and read what God has to say. So let's read it all, and then we'll expound on it. It says, When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Herosheth, Hegoin. 
And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. And for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now Deborah was a prophetess, the wife of Lepidoth, was judging Israel at the time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Go deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. He went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the Terebinth tree at Zainam, which is besides Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinom, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Herosheth, Hegoim, to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harash Hegoim. And all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. However, Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there any man here? You shall say, No. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand, and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple, and it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. And then Barak, and then as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into the, her tent, 
there lay Sisera, dead with the peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. So as we see here, we see here really just the story of Deborah. And what a great story it is. What a great event in the history of Israel. As this woman that God raised up to deliver the people from the hands of the king of, Haz- uh, of, the king of Hazer in Canaan. And as we look at this, right, as we look at Deborah, before we go into just the verse-by-verse teaching, and as we go into chapter 1 and to verse 1, I want to give you the meaning of Deborah, of the name Deborah. Whenever you, when this name Deborah, this name Deborah was, or let me repeat this. The name of Deborah means bee, okay? It means bee, like a bumblebee. Okay, that's what the name means. It means bee. But when you think about a bee, right, you think about a bee, and whenever you look at bees, one thing about bees is they are extremely hardworking, aren't they? Bees are always busy, right? That's why they call them the busy bees. And so when you look at this, right, and you look at the name of Deborah, you can see some similarities as we're going to examine the life of Deborah. But I want to share this with you also. In the ancient world, did you know that they considered the bee one of the most intelligent animals on the face of the earth? And when we think about for ourselves, right, when we think about a bee, right, a bee is what? Is an insect to us, right? We don't even consider a bee an animal. But I want you to say this. I want you to know this. A bee is, in fact, an animal because it's not a plant. So what we have here is, is this bee, right, this bee that, that Deborah is named after as far as a bee, right? And we think to ourselves, you know what? Why was she given this name? She truly lived up to the name that she had, right? Because she was a hardworking woman as we examine her life as well as she was an extremely wise woman because she had the Spirit of God that was upon her. And so, as we see this, as we're going to look at this this woman, as we're going to go through the chapter, we're going to uncover who she was as we examine her life through the Scripture. So let's go ahead and begin to read verse 1. It says, When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Herosheth, Hegoim. So we see here Ehud is mentioned, right? Ehud is mentioned, and Ehud, just so you know, for those of you that weren't here last week, Ehud is the second judge of Israel. And actually, Ehud was a man with a disability. His hand, his right hand, he couldn't use it. Whatever was wrong with it, we don't know. But we know that he couldn't use that hand. So God used this man to deliver the Jews with a disability. He could only use his left hand. Remember, as we talked about last week, it doesn't matter who you are. God will use you. No matter what disability, no matter what race, no matter what nationality, no matter what gender, God can use you. And we know one thing about the people of Israel as we've been going over. Judges, we know that they went through a cycle, right? They lived a cycle throughout the time of the judges. They lived a cycle of disobedience, discipline, and of course, God's deliverance. 
So we see that happening again, right? It says when Ehud died, and Ehud was a judge of Israel for 80 years, and it says that when he died, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Again, there comes that disobedience, right? The same cycle that repeats. And we're going to see this throughout the book of Judges, the cycle of disobedience. And then we once again come to the, to the discipline of God. And the discipline of God, as, as we see that, that he, he sells them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. So you have the selling of these people into the hands of the Canaanite king named Jabin. Let's think about this. When we look at what God did with the Israelites in Egypt, right? Weren't they in slavery in Egypt? And when they were in slavery in Egypt, what did God do? God freed them, didn't he? He set them free. They were free from the bondage that they had in Egypt. What does he do now with their disobedience? He sells them back into what? Slavery. And this isn't the first time because he did this before. It's funny that he would do this again because as we look at Judges chapter 3, verse 8, we see there that he sold them into the hands of the king of Mesopotamia for eight years. The same thing. They were slaves there with the king of Mesopotamia. And he used Othniel, the first judge, to deliver them. And so again, he sells them into slavery to teach them, and to test them, as he told us there in chapter 3. That this is why he would do this, to, to test them and to teach them. And so he uses here king, the king of Hazor. The king of Hazor to bring them back into slavery. We're also introduced, as it says there, to a man that is going to be key throughout this chapter. And we read about him, right? His name is Sisera. And I want you to remember this name because this is an important name. He is the commander of the army of the king of Hazor. And I want to bring something to your attention here because the king of Hazor, I don't know if you recall this, for those of you that have been here, well, it would be, I wouldn't even remember this, but I want to bring it to your attention, is that when we went through the book of Judges, when we looked at the conquest that Jericho had, because God gives us a list of the conquest of Moses as well as the conquest of Jericho, and the king of Hazor at the time, it wasn't Jabin, was conquered by Jericho. But because, remember, the people didn't go out and conquer the rest of the people. They were disobedient to the Lord, and they didn't do this, and they let them live. Remember the compromise, the disobedience? And so you have this same people, once again, rising to power, Again, the enemies of Israel, and you have here this king of the Canaanites in Hazor there that, that rises to power and, and he oppresses the people. Let's read in verse 3 what it says. In verse 3 it says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Imagine this. God sold the people of Israel into slavery for 20 years. We're not just talking about two years, five years, 10 years. We're talking about 20 years. And these people there of, of, uh, of, of Hazor, right, the Canaanites, they harshly oppressed the Israelites. 
they were going through hard oppression just like they did with the people with the Egyptians as they were under slavery there. So it comes back to the same thing. And let's read verse 4 what it says. And we're introduced now to Deborah. And here we're going to go over the life of Deborah. And we're going to learn things about Deborah as a great woman of God. It says there, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. So we're introduced here to this amazing woman named Deborah. And remember, the only one reason why she's amazing is because she allowed God to, to work through her. See, it wasn't her things that were amazing. It was allowing God to work through her. See, she emptied herself out to do the work of God. See, when we begin to sell ourselves out for God, right, to make ourselves available for God, God does great things. This is both for men and women, right? If you say, you know what, God, use me. You know what, I'm going to make myself available for you. I'm going to make you a priority in my life. God will meet you where you're at, and he will do it. Believe me. I know this for a fact. You see it here in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. You see it through the lives of people today. God works powerfully through you if you say, here I am, Lord. Use me. How can God say no to you? God is so amazing. He will do this. So let's talk about Deborah. The first thing we know about Deborah there in verse 3, it says that she is a prophetess. Okay? So we learn one thing about Deborah. Deborah is a prophetess. And so what is a prophetess? Meaning that she has a prophetic gift, right? She was given this gift of God. She was able to receive revelation from God. She was able to speak certain messages from God to the people. So she was given this gift from God to give forth the word of God. And what a glorious gift this is. And did you know that today this gift is still available for the church? This is what's so awesome. This gift is still available for the church. The difference between now and back then is that back then they had the office of a prophet. And God had, choose, had, had chosen Deborah to be a prophet. And why were there prophets in the Old Testament? Let me share this with you. Because they didn't have this glorious word that we have. They didn't have it available 24-7. We didn't, they didn't have this Bible written for us so that we can hear from God morning, day, and night. They didn't have, like we have today, modern technologies where we can pull up the Bible on our phone. And we can read, right, the Word of God. We can be spoken to every, t every minute of the day, every second of the day. And this is what's so awesome, right, for us today that we have this. But at the time in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Bible at their fingertips They couldn't pick up the word of God and read it and hear from the Lord. So God would use prophets to give forth his message. And so he raised up Deborah to be Israel's prophetess, divinely inspired by God to hold the high office of a judge. When we look at the office of prophetess or the gift of prophetess of a prophet there were other women that also had this gift so don't think that deborah is the only one see god will give this gift and there are various women in the bible that that god reveals to us that have this gift miriam the mother the sister of moses 
had the gift. She was a prophetess. This is what the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 15, verse 20. Huldah was also a prophetess from 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 14. Noadiah in Nehemiah 6, 14. Anna in Luke 2, 36. And the four daughters of Philip the deacon in Acts 21, 9. So Deborah is also, also has this gift as these other women had the gift. So the other thing, as we keep reading here, right, as we read here, the other thing that is revealed about Deborah is that she is the wife of Lepidoth, okay? So we know that Deborah is a married woman. Imagine this, a married woman, right? So aside from being a prophetess or a prophet, she is also what? She is also a wife. And we know that as a wife, you have additional responsibilities, right? For you that are wives in this room that have husbands, you know that you can't devote your time fully to the Lord because you have what? You have to manage your time, give your husband his time also. So imagine this, right? This woman that is, as we're going to read more about her, she is a prophet, she's a wife, and she's managing her time. But God is able to use her. Why? Because even though she was still a wife, she was still fully and completely surrendered to the will of God. See, it's not an easy task, right, to, to be married and, and to be serving the Lord. I know, you know what, with, with marriage comes responsibilities, comes kids. And, and so it's hard to manage all your time. But this woman seemed to do it somehow, right? And we know, again, it's nothing by, it wasn't by her ability, but it was by the power of God. And so this woman was amazing, and it's commendable to know that as she was married, she was also, you know, doing so much for the Lord. This is why we, we look at Deborah and we think to ourselves, you know what, for you women, this is an amazing woman, an example for all of you as you look at, at this woman, as we look at Deborah. When we look at her husband, her husband, I want you to know this. Her husband's name was Lepidoth. In the Bible, we know nothing about Lepidoth. All we know about Lepidoth is that he was married to Deborah. Do you know what his name means? His name means torch. That's what his name means. It means torch. So if we think about this, right, if we think to ourselves, you know what? Because we don't know anything about this man, does this mean that this man did nothing for the Lord? Does this, man that, does this mean that it was Deborah that led the home and she's the one that wore the pants and she's the one that labored for the Lord and, and, and Lepidoth was just at home being a torch, you know, a light for his wife? I, I don't think so. What I truly believe is that Lepidoth, as the husband of Deborah, was truly a light for Deborah, okay? And what I mean by this is that, see, God had a calling for Deborah, right? As he has a calling for each and every one of us. And Deborah answered that calling. He, she said, you know what? I will do for you, Lord, what you have called me to do, right? She answered the calling of God. She made herself available to God. And as she made herself available to God, 
she needed somebody to encourage her, right? You know what? As, as we look at her life and we see how busy she was, she definitely needed encouragement. She definitely needed love. And I'm going to share this with you. Her responsibility as a wife was in no way diminished by everything else that she did. And the reason I say this is because, see, how can God raise up this woman who still wasn't giving her responsibilities to her husband to make her an example and a leader of all? See, she had to be just perfect at home, as, not perfect, but, but a good example at home as well as outside of the home. Otherwise, she would not be fit and ready to be used the way God used her. So these are the things that we need to think about, right, as she is a wife to this man. And we know that he encouraged her, and I'm sure that he loved her, and he had no issues allowing his wife to rise to notoriety, to prominence, to be in the limelight. And as we look at this, we know that being the, a judge was, was no small task. Let's also read what it says here in verse 3. The third thing that we learn about her is that she was a judge. She was judging Israel. She was a judge, okay? She was a judge of Israel. She was actually the fourth judge of Israel. And God raised a woman to be the fourth judge of Israel. Praise the Lord, right? For you women, you're saying like, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, to think, you know what, that God would raise this woman to be the fourth judge of Israel. And what was the responsibility or the task of a judge? It tells us in Judges chapter 2, verse 16, this is their responsibility. It says, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered the people out of the hand of those who plundered them. So Deborah was called to deliver the people. Imagine that. What a responsibility to deliver the people from the hands of the enemy. And the, these Israelites were in the hands of the king of Hazor, the, the Canaanite king. And so we know that God has used other women. And even a woman that has not been used in the Bible, God has raised her up. And God used her to, to defend her nation, right? Just as this woman was defending her nation, we also have all heard of Joan of Arc, haven't we? Joan of Arc was another woman that God raised up, right, to defend her nation, to fight off the English. And we know that she led armies of soldiers, didn't she, to fight off the English. So we see that women are, you know what, they're extremely strong, stronger than many of us men think. And so this is why we go over this, right, to remind us really of, of the women that we have, right, and how God uses women and how God shows himself to be strong through women. You know, Deborah, God raised her up to be a deliverer, to judge, to be there for the people, encouraging them, right? Because they were highly oppressed for 20 years. Imagine this. 20 years they were highly oppressed. You know, when I think about this, I think of, of the fact that God chose Deborah. I think of the fact that God decided to choose her. 
And I want to give you an example because I want to really stress this point that God will choose, will use any of you to do great works for him. Whether you're male or female. And I mentioned this earlier, but I want to give you a scripture, a scripture to really take heed to, to, to really ponder, to meditate on. Because if you want to be used greatly by the Lord, God will use you. Do you remember Isaiah? Isaiah, when he saw the throne room of God, right, God allowed him to see the throne room of God after the king died so that Isaiah would know that God was still on the throne even though this great king that was over Israel had passed on. And so Isaiah is brought into the throne room of God and he sees Jesus, he sees the Lord sitting there on the throne and he sees the seraphim and the, the, the cherubim angels and, and he sees them there, right? And, and, and then, you know what, he sees him there and, and then uh, Isaiah saying, whoa, who am I? You know, whoa, I'm a sinner, right? I'm here and I'm looking at all these things and, and I, sh- I have no right or privilege or I shouldn't even be here, right, in the throne room of God. And he's saying, whoa, is me, why am I here? I'm a sinner. And God touches him. And as soon as he's touched, he realizes, you know what? I'm forgiven. I'm chosen. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the one that sits on the throne over the whole world, over the universe. And then the triune God, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're speaking to one another. And they're saying, you know what? We have a work, and who should we send? And Isaiah says, after I've seen you on the throne... Send me. I'm here for you, Lord. Send me. And what does God do? God sends him. See, when you say to the Lord, Lord, I want you to use me. I remember there were many times I would have these same thoughts. I would say, Lord, I want to be used by you. I want to be used. I'm here for you, Lord. I'm dedicating my life for you, Lord. Yes, I'm married. Yes, I have children. Yes, I have kids. Yes, I have a job. But you know what? I want to be used by you, God. Use me. Use me. See, God will choose. I mean, God will use you if you make yourself available for him. See, God's going to be coming back soon, right? And how many of us here want to finish strong? We know that God's coming soon, right? And why do we want to waste our time? Waste our time on things that aren't really that important. Things that are going to burn up. You know what? As God returns, understand this, and he will be doing this soon. We, we see it happening, right? Let's all have that same heart, right? And realize what's important. Have our minds on the things above and say, God, use me. You know what? I'm going to make myself available for you. I'm not going to get busy with the world and the things of the world. Yes, we live in the world, but we're not surrendered to the world. Surrender yourselves to Christ and say, God, use me. You know what? I want to finish strong. I want to cross that finish line with a sprint. And I want to hear these words from you saying, well done. Well done, my son. Well done, good and faithful servant. This is what God wants. And every single one of us, understand this, that every single one of us 
can be used greatly by the Lord. God doesn't limit himself to certain people. He doesn't limit himself to say, I'm only going to use myself greatly through that person. God says, I'll use myself through anyone greatly who makes himself available to me. As we know that as being a judge in, in Israel, as we read there in verse 4, also know this, that Deborah was also a ruler, okay? So Deborah was a ruler. See, Deborah, as being a judge, she gave forth commands of righteousness and justice. She gave God's word. She led the people by the words that she said. We know that she gave words of encouragement as the people were oppressed, discouraged, defeated. But we also know that she would command the armies, as we're going to read in just a few. She commanded the armies. Let's read in verse 5. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. So as we see here, right, she judged the people. She gave forth her wisdom. She gave forth the word of God. She was there in the mountains of Ephraim under the palm trees between Ramah and Bethel. Everyone knew where she was. They, dedicated, they said, this is a place of Deborah. Imagine, they, they named the place after her. And people would go to her to get this wisdom, this guidance, this leading by the word of God. You know, as we look at this, right, as we examine this, that they came to her for judgment. They came to her to settle matters, to get advice, to get encouragement. And this is the fifth point that I want to talk about is the fact that she was an encourager, okay? Deborah was an encourager. And we know this for a fact because, see, people would seek her for counsel. They would seek her for direction. They would seek her for Wisdom for the Word of God. See, I want to bring something to your attention. Deborah did not have to go around with a banner all over Israel saying, I'm the new judge. I'm the new judge. She didn't have to go around doing this. Did you know that God sent people to her? Why? Why? Because God had chosen her, right? She made herself available. She was saying, you know what? Yes, I'm here to serve you, God. And as she did this, right, as she was doing this, as she was surrendered to him, we know one thing is that God began to plant the thought of seeking counsel from Deborah in the hearts of the people. See, it is God that moves people to come to her counsel okay it's God that does these things right it's like people began to hear hey there's this woman Deborah right and she's sold out for the Lord and guess what when we go to her for counsel she gives us great counsel and you know what and people begin to plant uh, God began to plant Deborah's name in people's hearts if you want answers you go to Deborah see God would not use Deborah if her life wasn't right how is it God would say to, to people, to, I want you to go get advice from this woman. 
if she's not even living out the word of God. See, God knows how we live. And God is going to send people for advice from people that, ha- that are spirit-filled, aren't they? Isn't he? If you're spirit-filled, if you're sold out for the Lord, then you're going to see people coming to you for counsel in and outside the church, right? They're going to sense the wisdom that you have. It's not your wisdom. It's actually God's wisdom that you're just exercising and you're living out. And this is what we're reminded of here, right? Because it is God that sent these people. See, God, I mean, Deborah needed to be living out the word of God. And she did this. And because she did this, God chose her and God raised her up. See, God could not send people to Deborah if she was a hypocrite, could he? Why would he send his people to somebody that's a hypocrite? He's going to send his people to those that most reflect him. That's what he does. Why would I want to send somebody to someone else to get bad advice or who doesn't reflect my thoughts or my opinion or my beliefs? See, and Deborah was aligned with God. And this is what we need to remember. You know, as we, as we look at all of this, right, as we, as we see what's, what God is doing here, and God is reminding you women, you know, you women as we're, as we're having leadership training for the women. And I want you to know this. I heard the CD from the recording from the last leaders, the women leaders training. It was amazing. I even told the teacher, and I won't say who she is. It's my wife. I said, you know what? I'm going to have the man listen to this because it was actually amazing. Not because she's my wife, but because I know that this was led by the Spirit of God. And I see some of you women nodding your heads that we're here. See, this is the same thing. I mean, as you're being trained up into, into God's, in God's house to not only lead here in the ministry, but outside of, your, of the ministry, in your homes, in your workplaces, you can take it there. See, God wants to raise up leaders in these last days because, you know what, people need to be led to him, right, by, by seeing examples of other women. Because there's so many women out there that are misleading other women, aren't they? You see this on TV. You see this on talk shows. And God wants to raise up women to lead other women to live as he wills. And so as we look at this, right, as we see this, We're seeing, you know, things about Deborah. Let's keep reading in verse 6 what it says. It says, Then she went and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and and of the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots, and his magnitude, and his, I'm sorry, and his multitude at the river Kaishan, and I will deliver him into your hand. So we see here, we see here the fact that Deborah calls for Barak. 
And yes, this man has the same first name as our president, Barack. You know what Barack means? Barack means lightning. So our current president is lightning. That's what his name means, okay? And this is what Barack means here. Barack was given instructions by God to gather the troops, okay? So what Deborah does is she calls him. She calls Barak, who was in Naphtali. Naphtali. Naphtali is in the north. Ephraim is in the south. So she calls Barak, and she reminds him of the word that God gave him. See, this man was reluctant to do what he was called to do. This is what we're reading here. See, because what we see here is that we see here that Deborah has to call him to do something that God had asked him to do. God had, the Lord had previously asked him to get 10,000 men from the tribe of Naphtali and Zebulun to battle Sisera, the commander of Jabin, the king of Canaan. But see, Barak was a little fearful, right? I mean, you think to yourselves, you have this mighty king, this Jabin, right? This King Jabin. And he has 900 chariots. Imagine that. 900 chariots. That's a lot of chariots, isn't it? And what do the Israelites have? They only have men, right? They don't have these, this armor, this armored vehicles. Like They would be like tanks. Imagine it just be like men, soldiers on foot fighting against tanks, 900 tanks of warfare. So, of course, you know, you look at Barak and he's like, I heard from the Lord, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to kick back. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to think about this one, Lord. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray instead of just acting on it, right? Walking by faith. God says, I was going to deliver them into your hand. But we know that Barak, for whatever reason, didn't believe it. He didn't listen to the Lord. And so you have here Deborah that is reminding him and saying, come on, Barak. You see the people have been oppressed for 20 years. God has asked you to gather 10,000 men from these two tribes, and he will defeat Sisera with these 900 chariots. And so we know that Barak, he goes, he listens to Deborah. And we're going to have to finish with this as we're running out of time here. He says here in verse 8, Barak said to her, if you, will not, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Imagine this. Imagine this. This man, after he hears from the Lord, instead of just following the commands of God, he says, you know what, Lord? I mean, you know what, Deborah? I heard from God. 
But Deborah, if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. But if you go with me, I'm going to go. If I get into this subject, it's going to take another 10, 15 minutes. And I'm not going to go there. But I'm going to close with this. Men, if we don't step up to the plate and be the leaders that God has called us to be, God will use women. God will use women. But God's will is that you and I as men should be the leaders in our church and in our homes. And if you're not stepping up to the high calling that God has upon your life, then you're not living in the will of God, in his perfect will, the way he has laid out the things that should be. We're going to read next week. We'll finish up Deborah. And we'll finish up just how much more she was because there's more to Deborah. And we'll cover this next week and we're going to finish here. And, and we're reminded here of a, just a, an amazing woman that allowed herself to be used by God. And God wants to use every single one of you women. He wants to raise up another Deborah. He's looking to raise up women leaders. Leaders of God. Women that are sold out for God. Women that are sold out for His purpose. Let us not get all consumed with this world and the things in this world. Yes, we have other responsibilities. But don't let these responsibilities be our priorities. God must be the priority. And we're all here on a Thursday night. When we could be at home or at school doing homework or getting ready for our jobs or preparing our kids for school. But we're here for a reason, aren't we? We're here because we want to grow. We want to learn. We want to know God so much more. And God has a message. He has a message for the women and also the men. The message is, are you available for me? Are you available for me? The world is dark. And I want to use people, God says. I'm looking to send people out. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to give just I want to pray for the women. I want to pray for the women and I want to pray for for all of you. That you would just come to a place just aligning your will with God's will. Making a decision to say, you know what, Lord, what is your will? I'm going to make a choice to do that will. I'm going to make a choice to do that will. I'm going to put me aside. 
and I'm going to make a choice to do your will. That's what God wants to do. And this is for your homes. This is for your families. This is for your jobs. This is for the ministry. This is for all of this. And so I'm going to pray for all of you. And so let's just bow our heads and let's just ask the Lord to move in our hearts, to align our will with His. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, as we see the example of Deborah, this woman, Lord, that just, she intrigues me, Lord. She, she just fascinates me, Lord, as a woman of God that did amazing works for you as I examined her life and as I look at the choices that she made. These choices were just like off the charts. To have the faith and the confidence even as a wife to be completely just available for you, Lord. Lord, as the women of this church that are here hearing this message, I want to pray for them, Lord. That every single woman that is here, that they would make a decision, Lord, to align their lives according to your will. Lord, as you use Deborah powerfully for your will, for your purpose, for your plans, I pray that every woman that is here, that they would desire, that they would desire to walk in your perfect will, that they would not get so busy with the things of this world, but that they would desire just to Say, yes, Lord, I am here for you. Do great and mighty things through me. I'm not satisfied with what you've done so far. I want so much more. Help them, Lord, to come to a place of just yielding to you and to the works that you prepared before the mighty works that you want to do in and through their lives. May they step out of the way. And may you fill them. May you empower them. May you overflow from them. May you baptize them. And may you, Holy Spirit, just do a mighty work in and through them. For you are the power of God that lives in us. May we be baptized and may we be filled to allow you to overflow from us, to be witnesses for the world around us. And this is all for your glory. Help us all, and this includes men, the men and women of this church, help us to finish strong. 
Help us to finish this race strong. Help us to run that race. Help us to sprint towards that line. We can only do this as we say yes. And may you put this desire in every person's heart that is here tonight. Lord, I just want to thank you for just the amazing things that you're teaching us through these examples, both men and women. And Lord, when we have women like Deborah as an example, it's just so awesome. Awesome to look into their lives and to see that she has, she is placed as an example for every one of us to learn from and to inspire. Lord, we just want to tell you that we thank you, we praise you, Heavenly Father. Fall afresh upon each and every one of us, for we need you desperately. Fall afresh upon this place in our hearts and do a great and a mighty work. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Billy will close us with a final song of worship. God bless you all. Hey, everyone stand, please.
God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. so awesome. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Go in peace. May the Lord be with you.